Well, today, in preparation for the season of Lent, which is uh, just around the corner with Ash Wednesday coming up this Wednesday, I'd like to speak about the sacrament of confession and the sacrament of confession in relation to Holy Communion. Uh, and I hope it's uh, you know a nice practical homily. But we'll begin by looking at our first reading. Here we have the prophet Isaiah. He has a very glorious and wonderful vision of God. He sees God high and lifted up, and it's as if he views the temple that's in heaven. It's as if Isaiah is brought into the heavenly realms, and he sees a, a temple, and he sees God high and lifted up. And it's noteworthy to pay attention to how uh, the, the clothes, of how God's clothes are described. And you want to get this on a first sort of cursory reading, but if you make connections with other texts in the Old Testament, you see that actually the robe that is being talked about, when it says the, the hem of his garment or the hem of his robe filled the temple, is a priestly robe. It's the same type of robe that was worn by the Old Testament priests. And so we have a vision or an image of God who is described in a priestly fashion. And then he's also seated on a throne. And that's what a, a king does. So we have this image of a priest, king. The same figure being both a priest and a king. In the Old Testament, these two orders were separated. Priests were not kings, kings were not priests. But here we have a priest king. And moreover, it's also notable, whenever we see an image of God in the Old Testament that appears to us in a human form, that is something we need to pay attention to. Because the divine nature does not have a form. The divine nature doesn't look like anything. God is spirit. And so whenever we see God portrayed in a human fashion in the Old Testament, it's a pro prophetic foreshadowing of that time that would come when God would become a man. It's a prophetic foreshadowing of the Incarnation. And so what Isaiah is actually seeing here is a prophetic vision of Jesus Christ, who is our King and our High Priest, the High Priest of our Confession, as St. Paul teaches us in the Epistle to the Hebrews. Now, also the, the final element I'll draw your attention to is the fact that this priest king, this man, this human God, priest king, is high and lifted up. And in the fourth gospel, Jesus says, when I am high and lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And what he's referring to there is his cross. And so Isaiah is actually seeing Jesus Christ glorified in the cross, in the sacrifice of Mount Calvary. Now, notice also... Uh, the, this coal that is brought from the altar to Isaiah's lips to purify him. Uh, this sacrifice that is prophetically foreshadowed, the sacrifice of Calvary, is represented to us every Holy Mass. Every Holy Mass that we celebrate, the sacrifice of the cross is made present to us. And just as that coal comes from the altar to purify the lips of the prophet, so also 
We receive the sacred host from the altar that comes to purify us and to cleanse us. So we're actually looking here at a prophetic foreshadowing, not of just Jesus Christ, but also of his sacraments. The sacraments of the, the, the Mass and the sacrament of Holy Communion. And then it's also important to note that just before Isaiah receives this coal to purify his lips, he confesses. He says, I am a sinful man. So we also see here a prophetic foreshadowing of the sacrament of confession. We see this also in our Gospel. Peter is struck, he's awestruck, with the holiness and the awesomeness of the miracle with which he's just been presented. And he falls to his knees, and he, and he says, I'm a sinful man, depart from me. Now, in Christ's mercy, whenever we have a recognition and acknowledgement of our sins, we see Jesus do for us just what he did for Peter. He says, no, don't worry about it, I'm not leaving you. In fact, it's precisely because you're recognizing your own sins that I am near to you, and that I'm not going to depart from you, and I'm going to transform you and make you into my apostle. So we see here in these texts, Jesus Christ, his sacrifice, being made present to us through Mass, and through Holy Communion, and through Confession. Christ's King, kingly status is exercised. The kingdom of God that has Jesus as its king is realized through these sacraments. Christ's priestly ministerial activity is realized through these sacraments in our lives. Now, in my experience, I've seen uh, this um, kind of like a two, two separate errors when it comes to the relationship, understanding and approaching uh, the relationship between Holy Communion, and the Sacrament of Confession. On the one hand, I think, I, I don't know, I wasn't alive in the 50s and the 60s, but I think possibly at that time there was some kind of false uh, catechetical formation in some people's minds, and they got the idea, this is rare today, it's becoming more and more rare, but it still exists out there, is I can't receive communion unless I first go to confession. Okay? Don't, don't, if, you, if you're going to receive communion, go to confession. It's just kind of a simplistic approach to the sacrament of reconciliation. It's not really accurate. It's kind of, it kind of misforms people's consciences. Okay? They think if they commit a venial sin, they've got to go to confession before they go to the sacrament. Again, this is rarer and rarer. You don't really find too many people who think like this. But it is one kind of error out there. Okay? Uh, the other error is, uh, and this is more prevalent today given our just how we're formed socially, is uh, people commit grave sins, serious sins, and their conscience is convicting them of serious sins if they were honest, if they were to do some reflection, and they receive communion. They just come up and receive communion as if no big deal. Okay, that's, uh, that's the opposite error. All right, so you can, you can err on one extreme, all right, or the other, being too strict or being too lax. The, the true way is the middle way, and it's simply this, is the... Sacrament of Reconciliation was instituted by Christ primarily for serious sin. Okay, so if you're aware of serious sin, you not only can, but you must get your butt to the confessional and confess your sins. Okay? Uh, when it comes to venial sin, on the other hand, there are many ways to atone, to expiate for our venial sins. Simply making an act of contrition before the Lord, uh, praying the Our Father, signing yourself with holy water with proper dispositions, and also receiving Holy Communion. 
The reception of Holy Communion is efficacious, it's effective, for the forgiveness of venial sins. Grave sin, do not receive communion. You've committed another grave sin. Okay, it's called an unworthy communion. And you're just kind of piling up grave sins on your back. You don't want to do that. So, confession is something that I encourage us all to think about and take seriously, especially coming up uh, in this, this upcoming Lenten season. And the beauty about the sacrament of reconciliation is sometimes people are afraid of the sacrament because it's just kind of intimidating. They don't want to really kind of go and sort of expose themselves in that manner. It does take uh, some courage. Uh, it takes humility. There's no doubt about it. But the beauty and the sense of purification that you receive through that sacrament is well worth any kind of psychological inhibitions or hurdles that you might have to overcome to go there. And just as Peter says, oh, depart from me, I'm a sinful man, but Jesus says, no, I'm not departing from you. I'm staying close to you. I'm not leaving you. And I'm going to transform you and make you my right-hand man. So also, that reality, that, that becomes true for us in the sacrament of reconciliation. This is a beautiful sacrament. I encourage us all to take uh, advantage of it during this Lenten season. If it's uh, a matter of grave sin, Certainly, your salvation is at stake. Confess. Get to the sacrament of reconciliation. If it's a matter of venial sin, you don't have to go, but it's a good idea to do so. All right? Um, it helps you become more aware of your own uh, conscience. It helps you to become more sensitive, to develop a delicate, tender, well-formed conscience. And moreover, the sacrament of reconciliation, we can do penance on our own, apart from the sacrament, and it's good to do that. But when we do penance in connection with the sacrament, our penance is, as it were, it's supercharged. It has, it's even more efficacious for the forgiveness of our sins, for atonement, for growth and holiness. And so penance that's sacramental, that's done through the sacrament, is all that much more effective for our spiritual growth, for our peace of mind, our peace of conscience, for our joy, and for the sense that uh, Christ is with us and he will not depart from us.